Stay Catholic. I am your host, Taylor Stroll. I have been traveling, and now I have come home. Some may call me the prodigal son. <laughs> Others would say that I'm still in heathen land, and I haven't really returned yet. <laughs> and others scoff at you while you compare yourself to biblical figures. Well, if I'm going to compare myself to biblical figures, prodigal son after he left the father is a pretty decent comparison. That's an I would apt say. one. Speaking of people to compare to biblical characters. Yeah. You all know who this is because I have one female co-host. Hey, Allison. Hello, Taylor. <laughs> it's nice to see you. I love being a token female on this show and your group of hosts. It delights me. I, it's an honor. <laughs> Everything you say, I feel like you mean and then you don't mean. It delights me. It's an honor. <laughs> it delights me was definitely fit, like sarcastic. There is a little bit of and both there. Well, that's very Catholic of you. I'm very proud. <laughs> this is the, this is the moment that your conversion took full effect. I like to be consistent. <laughs> well, you know what? We were consistent with each other over the last couple of weeks. We've both been traveling. Yeah, we have quite a bit. Oh, by the way, I forgot to say where we are. Where I always say where we are. Why don't you try? Give I'm it a sorry. Try. We are recording from Aggieland. What are you talking about? Sure. <laughs> we are recording from Aggieland. Do you want to know what city we're in? So I, Do you always say that? I don't remember that. I always, so for a long time, I would say, like, we are in the Red Sea Radio, oh. and then I would use some kind of adjective that doesn't make any sense. Oh, okay. The, the Red Sea Radio Worldwide Studios, like, things that don't exist. Sure. But, like, we got to Intergalactic, and I just stayed there for a while. Oh. So you are, I don't you're very good with words. What would you say? The Red Sea Radio... This is why you're a writer. You don't have to think of it on the spot. You have plenty of time. I was going to see how long you were willing to like let there be silence on your show. I, th- that was my experiment. See, in youth ministry, we, we always say, like... You're good with you, it, you, aren't you? You have to let the awkward silence there. Because yeah. if, you, if you just butt in, the kids will never, I ever was talk committed. again. I was committed to not saying anything right there, and I ended up breaking the silence. I couldn't deal. I caved before you did. That's because the cardinal sin in radio is not pride, lust... Any of that, it is silence. Yeah. Well, <laughs> which, which I'm a little funny. more sensitive to that than you are because I, I caved. I just realized the connection there. What? Like silence is this beautiful thing that Catholicism offers that I'm yeah. not very good at. Mm-hmm. What's, what, what's the one thing I do well within Catholicism? Radio. The one thing where silence is not allowed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm going to have to come up with some good out there adjectives. I like, I like this assignment. I'll come, I'll come back with a list. I think I'm going to make this an assignment for all of the co-hosts. I'm going to add it to the group yeah. me right it's, after it's we get good. off the air It's today. good. I like it. Because I'm obviously out of words because I've used intergalactic for the last like 55 episodes. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to go count. Don't do that, please. Don't waste your life. Yeah. Um, but you and, I were tra- you and I were both traveling. Yes. It's been a busy, really three weeks or so. I'm not sure... Where you went. We're going to find out. because, like, But we, I just noticed another similarity. Both of us, in like the s- six weeks in June and surrounding June, we were both sitting here like, we have nowhere to go and it's strange. Right, <laughs> right? yeah. And then for the last three weeks, both of us have traveled quite a bit. So It's been here, there, and everywhere. Where did you go? 
Well, my husband's from Iowa, so we always go to Iowa. And normally, because we have one jillion kids in the car, we try to be as efficient as possible as we get to Iowa. This year, we decided to take just a tiny little detour and visit Arkansas, the natural state. Did you know how beautiful Arkansas was? I did. My family and I have. You did. Yeah, we we have vacationed in Arkansas multiple times. Well, so I did every, not. Every picture that I saw of you post with your family, mm-hmm. I was like, eh, I saw it first. <laughs> Oh, it's always a competition with you, Taylor. Um, I, so, As competitions go, though, your husband's definitely winning the competition. Uh, from what? Which which one? He is. As, I can't beat him in anything except shuffleboard. No, he's beating me in the competition for most beautiful husband. Oh, isn't he, <laughs> he lovely? Looks, he, isn't he lovely? lovely? When he stands on mountains in Arkansas. <laughs> he looked great in the pictures. You you weren't in any of them because you took them all. Because I'm taking them all. But yeah. you didn't look bad in any of them. Well, well thanks. <laughs> You're Behind welcome. that camera. Okay. Anyways, we were in Iowa. We were in Arkansas. And then I went to Dallas to for my little girl. She's had two best friends move in a year, which is, you know, traumatic. And then, so we went to go pick up a best friend and celebrated her birthday. And then I went to New York because I used to live in Japan. And there's something about crossing borders. <laughs> Wait, I have to stop you because I almost wanted, I wanted to stop you at the beginning. I I love how you tell stories. I'm like, where have you been? The first thing you said when I said, where have you been in this whole travel experience? Your, your arms are frozen out. You're a very expressive speaker. Your arms are literally <laughs> frozen wherever where yes. I stopped you because you're very frustrated that I stopped you. Uh, <laughs> right at the beginning. Uh, hey, where'd you go, Allison? Well, my husband's from Iowa. <laughs> it's like, that's... That's, that's just not an answer where, to that where question. Where's this going to go? And then you were like, well, I was in, J- in New York because I used to live in Japan. It's like, what does that even mean? <laughs> I, yeah, you get used to how things sound. Well, it's funny because I, I say my Japanese girls, and, and people are always so disappointed when they're not actually Japanese. <laughs> so we lived in Japan. And the thing about crossing borders is that, you know, all your safety nets are removed and you really need each other. So we became family instantly. And so we have stayed friends. We get together once a year. So she, one of the us lives in West Point, and so we went to New York. So it was wonderful. And now I'm back, and we're going to have some visitors. And, you know, summer's winding down. It's a little sad. It is winding down. What about you, Taylor? Where have you been? Well, first of all, I, I, okay, I will get into where I have been uh, because it, it also involved planes. Okay. And Trains? No. No. No trains. Actually, it did involve trains. Not as part of my transportation, though. No. I stayed by a train station, and I heard it go by many, many times <laughs> while I was trying to sleep. That, that's beside the point. But usually when I fly, I have some kind of terrible experience. Like, I've been able to that, share this those. This is true. You're right. collecting, you know, horror stories. I've been able to, go, yeah, collect them, and, and I, I have got to catch them all, right, <laughs> when yeah. it comes to collecting. But uh, this time, I didn't. I had a tremendous flying experience. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, I went through airport security. They didn't even say anything. And yet, what? I saw a video of you being tackled in the airport. So, True. Uh, that happened. Wh- what happened there? <laughs> well, I tell you what. We, of the four of us, it's four girlfriends that lived in Japan together. And there is one of us who is very exuberant in her love expression. So when you see her, she's going to hug you and it might crack a rib. I mean, there's, there's just it, an injury is likely. And so this is... Every every time we see each other. And so this time we just told the other one of us that was at the airport to film it. We needed documentation for the bruised ribs. And that's what you saw. 
Yeah, I saw a flag thrown, ironically I mean, it, enough. It was a 15-yard penalty for unnecessary roughness, <laughs> and I believe that I saw the NFL find her $40,000 after. I was like, shouldn't even play for the NFL. How do they have jurisdiction to do this? It was totally egregious. <laughs> but yes, we were rolling around on the floor together, and that's what it looks like. Well, while you were having fun over these three weeks of just you know spending time with your family and going to these beautiful places and seeing your friends, mm-hmm. I-, I was very busy serving the Lord. Aww. So just while you were resting and, and doing all this that. stuff, I mean, I was just working my tail off for the Jesus, and he and I had a great week, and uh, we encountered him not only in the sacraments, but in the people of St. Louis. Really? St. Louis? That's, I've been. Yes. I've been. I've been. What, what's your favorite part of St. Louis? Well, I don't know. My actually, ironically, one of the or coincidentally rather, one of the Japan girls lived in St. Louis, and so she took us to just this neat little block that had little artsy cafes, and it was lovely. I'm, I'm just proud of you because the beginning of that story made sense. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Because I chose the right adverb or something. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so I was there with Young Neighbors in Action. It's a it's a missionary organization. That puts on mission trips for young people all throughout the country. Like there's one or two happening every week, literally all over the U.S. And I believe there's one in Mexico as mm. well, because that's a place. Tijuana, that's a place mm. that exists in Mexico. That's I've the extent actually of my been knowledge. there too. With your Japan girls. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not this time. No. no? Okay. Um, I am like racking my brain though. Like, have we? No, no, we've not done that. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, but all around the world with my Japan girls. That sounds like a, your next book title. Uh, by the way. Noted. You didn't laugh. Um, I chuckled. It was a chuckle. I chuckled. On the inside. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, I can go back and boost the sound. I don't think there was a chuckle <laughs> to be heard in that microphone of yours. But uh, so we go, to, we go to St. Louis. I've, this is my, like, my sixth summer with this organization. It's run by the Center for Ministry Development. They put it on. It, it's it's great. And they're, like, their big focus is on young people not only doing service, mm-hmm. but in the evening – uh, it's a, it's a, a teaching time for like how not only does how does this connect to like our normal lives because a lot of people that come to this are uh, upper to like middle to upper class and then encountering local lower class right? mm-hmm. and so it's an eye open experience and we kind of parse through that and and, and walk through that with mm-hmm. them but it's also like a, a a time for them to learn the church's teaching on Catholic social teaching mm-hmm. which isn't taught. Mm-hmm. All that much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I Absolutely that, one of the reasons I converted. The Eucharist and social teaching. And that's rare. Yeah. That's a rare thing. And I know yeah. that this, uh, that Catholic social teaching is a thing that like lights you up. Like you're super yeah. excited about it. And yet it's not talked about often. Any idea why? I think it's hard. It, it is hard, <laughs> yes. We all want to gather in his name and kind of leave it there. But the, the, the truth of the matter is that we can say thy kingdom come. And in order for us to say that, sing that, pray for that, maybe even fast for that, we need to spend some time thinking about if we say thy kingdom come, we need to spend some time thinking about what heaven will be like, what will be maintained in heaven, what will be abolished in heaven, what will be restored in heaven. And so if we're going to live that here, right, you know, today, because I think that, you know, we serve a God of now and not yet, right? But the now he longs for us to have that peace and joy right here, right now, that kingdom come. And it's hard to do, but Jesus showed us the way. And so it's more church, our religion, our faith is more than just gathering in his name, but it's living out what he taught us to do. Yeah. And that's a huge part of it is that it's, it's hard to live out and not just talk about it on right. Sunday. Right. Because think- we could sit around and talk about Jesus with our smart friends all day long. 
But the reason that the world... If you have any. <laughs> but the reason the world isn't being changed by our Catholic Christianity isn't because we're not talking about it enough. It's because we're not doing what Jesus did. Right. And I agree with you. I think we all struggle with that. We all struggle with the doing. I do think there's a large portion of Catholics that are that do not talk about it, and it's for a reason. And I, I don't know if you've picked up on this. Hmm. Like, I don't know if it's a... It's mostly credo Catholics that have this problem, I think. Uh, so maybe you've experienced, maybe you haven't. But there have been a lot of people, very prominent figures in Catholicism over the last 10, 15 years or so, that their only focus is Catholic social teaching. Like they don't care about. I'm not saying they don't care about, but they don't publicly talk about prayer or the connection to Christ or a personal relationship with Christ. It's only about serving the poor and... Uh, you know, like solving all the world's problems, race relations, and uh, uh, whatever, you know, world hunger, whatever's going on, right? And I think that it's turned, those those figures have turned a lot of Catholics off to a conversation about Catholic social teaching, which is literally by definition, Catholic is the first word of the definition. And so we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about that. The principles, uh, principles about it. And then we just kind of like, I've even felt this, and it's one of the reasons that I stayed, I stay connected to this organization, is that this is the biggest focus for me every week where it is focused on Catholic social teaching. It's not a big thing in my faith. It wasn't a big thing in me, with me growing up. It wasn't a big thing. Even when I started like really learning about my faith mm-hmm. in college and, under, and, uh, and grad school, mm-hmm. it wasn't a focus, and I think it's because of, the, of, of people who have only focused on it and not connected it to that relationship with Christ. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's interesting. I, I, I want to talk off air <laughs> more about that, but I think that there could be an arrogance component, you know? Okay. So, so what is it that's keeping us? I think that there might be an arrogance component too, because I think that sometimes we think that a certain group of people should not have what we have until they behave like we behave. And so when really the case is that Jesus didn't, the only people that Jesus didn't show mercy to were the unmerciful. I think there's probably also, to be honest, a spiritual laziness component too. Um, it's like a great idea to ache for the world that God loves to be set right, but then we can't find the lepers anywhere. So, <laughs> you know, so well, I, I... I do think it's pretty difficult to find lepers these days. <laughs> <or Sullivan. laughs> and yet there's a nursing home with someone sitting in it who never gets any visitors less than four blocks away. Right. So so I think there's a, a spiritual laziness component. component, And then there's fear. I think that it's, it's hard, you know, just what we were saying a little bit, but just to name it even more specifically, I think that um, we might feel called to a certain place or a certain people, but following that calling, it might really disrupt our life and it might even be dangerous. But if that's the case, then I think that, you know, I'm sorry, but martyrdom is always a, <laughs> a real scenario for the Christian. Sorry, not sorry. You know, so I think if we put a poll who is more likely to be killed by martyrdom, it's definitely you over me. <laughs> I definitely think that's I'll take it true. proudly. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you got to lean into some of that stuff. That's great. Yeah, in, in These resp- are all good things to think about. Yeah, for sure. And one, in response to one of the things that you were talking about, how or a bunch of things you're talking about, about the, the fear aspect, and then the first thing you said about how, like, oh, we're not going to help them until they fix their mm-hmm. lives. It's mm-hmm. like, what if Jesus did that with you? Hey, yes. I'm not going to help you with your soul yeah. until you're perfect. It's yeah. like... No, that's literally literally yeah. the opposite. He's, yeah. you know, come to me, all you are weary of burden. Come to me with, with everything. Come to the altar with all of your stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, and, and he never says that what you're burdened by isn't a big deal. He never says that. He just says, come to me. I'll fix it. 
Right. So I think one of the more eye-opening things for the young people. So essentially, like I was there as the as the music director, the the the, the guy was a directing prayer, like in the morning and the evening. And then throughout the day, we just go like me and the other leaders would just drive around, go visit the work sites. And one of the work sites was invited into on purpose into a Narcotics Anonymous meeting. Mm. And they had been working at, the, at a food pantry all week, which was eye opening for whole, a whole other reason. But they're sitting in this Narcotics Anonymous meeting. And one of the adults was telling telling us like how big their eyes got when they sat down and started recognizing people in the group as the people that they had been serving next to all week. <laughs> so it's like at, at the same time, like they had this idea that when they first saw, it's like, oh, these people are serving their community. They're giving back to the community. Yeah. They're doing great things. Right. And then they saw them. It's like, oh, like these are people that struggle with like hard narcotics. Yes. And then immediately realizing, but they're still those good people that we met Monday, yeah. Tuesday, right. Wednesday. Right. And they're struggling through this and they're getting the help that they that they need. Yeah. And they're st- they still are. Like those that doesn't negate the things that they're yes. doing. There's still these beautiful people helping and giving back. And it was pretty awesome. I love it. And that's that sinner, you know, that's pounding their chest as opposed to the Pharisee saying, well, thank God I'm not a sinner, you know? And, and that's, that's what it really comes down to, to me is that Jesus, Jesus could have come as a baby and God could have, you know, he did actually, well, I, I did. <laughs> shush it Taylor, but he could have come and died as a baby and we would have all still been redeemed. But God wanted us to see this. He wanted us to experience this. He wanted us to watch Jesus heal and love and not back down. I mean, Jesus did not play by the rules of his cult- culture. Women, he gave them unprecedented dignity. And in race relations, he called out prejudice by making Samaritans and Gentiles the good guys in his parables. And then the social outcasts, he challenged all the, the rules that were in place that, that, you know, that separated them. And of all of those people, he made them his friends. And so I love any kind of ministry that puts that into action. I love that you got to spend a lot of time doing that. And I would love to organize my life around things like that all the time. It makes me excited. Yeah, it was fun. I I love doing it every year. It's a great reminder uh, and just a great opportunity to go serve, watch these young people serve and kind of guide them in that process. It's messy when we get into stuff like this. Right. People's lives are messy and like we're going to make mistakes. They're going to make mistakes. uh, But we just got to keep keep working on it because Jesus told us to. That's kind of a thing that's important to me. It's a thing that's important to you. Um, You know, whole greatest commandment thing. You know, our church (laughs) takes him at his word all the time. I love that. I love how. You know, honestly, we take him. Me too. Yes. All right. We're going to be right back. We're going to be talking. I'm very excited for our next guest or our, our next guest, our only guest today, because we only ever have one. Uh, Dave Neeson works with works with the NFL to like make sure that Catholics who are in the NFL are like getting their sacraments and being served in their faith. It's amazing. He's awesome. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Well, hello, Miss Sullivan. What you doing? Taylor, hi. I thought we were in the commercial segment of the podcast. Why are you here? What? I'm, what is going on? Why are you here? I'm looking around, trying to figure out. Where am I? No, you're staring at me in the eyes because you're <laughs> like, well, I don't know what's going on either. Uh, one person complained. Just uh, one? Just one. About how they didn't like that the ads were the same. And they've been the same for about two or three months or so. Like, I was being very fresh for a while, and then I just was like... Eh, whatever, here you go. Yeah. Because they work. Like, people are buying stuff. I mean, I have a speed up button for that, but go ahead. Oh, I mean, like, just, I don't know why people don't skip 15 seconds like I do when I listen to other people's <laughs> podcasts, but whatever. You can put it on two times where it's like, let's do that. Mm-hmm. 
anyone knows? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so, Allison, does, does anyone you know have beard, have a beard, lips, or skin? Mm. Well, lips. I mean, everyone except the bird family, right? We've all got lips. This is everyone. This applies to everyone. I don't, I don't know. I think everyone has skin. I think there are people without lips. Yeah. I, I've seen, like, in superhero movies, like, some burn victims oh. <laughs> without lips. <laughs> Trying not to laugh at that, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're not recording. Um, so <laughs> you always say that. <laughs> uh, well, most people, everybody at least has skin. So we, uh, Catholic Bomb Co. has something perfect for everybody. If you have a beard, we have the best, absolute best bomb. B A L M, not bombs. That would be weird, and you couldn't get into an airport with it. Uh, I love it. I use it. It makes me smell great, which is a rarity before I use this thing. And it makes my beard look and feel good, and my wife loves me more. But also, there are things for your... There's lip balm, and there's... What do you call it? Skin balm? It's not skin balm. It's like lotion. A uh, uh, hydrating feature. Yes. Aloe. The, the hydrating feature aloe. Shea butter. No, I don't think they have <laughs> shea butter. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about the lotion. I don't use it. But no one's excluded. No, all are welcome That's in this right. place here at mm-hmm. ForteCatholic.com slash bomb, <laughs> where you can buy all of this at 11% off. Do it now. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. Allison Sullivan is still here. Allison, have you thought of any verbs yet for where we are recording from? No, that was homework. <laughs> was I'm not home. home. You are not home. You are in the <laughs> studio. And here joining us... Via an iPad in front of our faces, Mr. Dave Neeson. Dave, how are you, my friend? Taylor, I'm doing well, man. How are you guys? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. You and I connected at the SEEK conference uh, down in Florida, right? Uh, it was actually it was in Indianapolis. Indi- Indianapolis. Yeah. You were in my hometown. You came to visit me. Okay, I go to too many conferences, apparently. I, was, I wasn't even there, and I knew where it was. <laughs> so we were in Indianapolis, which... Uh, are where the Colts are from. So, like, literally, I had to be in Indianapolis while the Colts were playing my Texans in Houston in the playoffs, and the Texans lost, and I was very, very sad. Um, here's actually uh, there's some, some rare audio clips that Dave actually took from our conversation whenever the two, and I, the, the two of us were talking about this game. This is me. Okay, so th- 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 that's how I sounded in my conversation with Dave. But D- Dave and I started talking at uh, at my booth, and th- the man's absolutely fascinating, and he won't tell you that at all. I've learned. We're gonna have I- to pry it out of it, <laughs> right? I've learned in my conversations. We've with got him tactics over the last couple. Uh, yeah, uh, Allison used to work in in the torture industry, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna figure this out. She's very scary with her tattoo. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say my biceps. Uh, I've been working that's, on them. That's, it was an allusion to your biceps because that's <laughs> where your tattoo uh, lies. Uh, so, Dave, you're one of the most fascinating men I've ever met, and yet you don't believe any second of that. So um, I, I love the conversation we had, and I just kind of wanted to continue having it here on the air. So welcome. Oh, well, uh, thanks for having me, man. I, I told you earlier, you, you've got plenty of opportunities to have better guests. And uh, the mere fact you chose me is baffling. 
Well, I I'm, I'm getting down to the end of the barrel here, Dave. You have to be. You have to be. There's got to be a lot of people that turn this down. A lot of people are busy right now. Yeah. I've actually only, I've only ever had one person turn me down, and I will never invite them again. But that's a whole other thing. Uh, Dave, you did not turn me down, and I what I what I found most fascinating about you was first, you're just charming, good looks, and secondly, uh, we got to talking about uh, what you do for a living. So you are a youth minister. Um, yeah, I'm, but, a, I'm a parish youth minister, yes. And most youth ministers have a side hustle. Many of them choose essential oils or some kind of working out or, uh, you know, selling uh, illegal substances. But that's a, that's a whole other thing. That is not you. That's not the light we want to paint you in. I think you have the most impressive side hustle of any youth minister I've ever encountered. Uh, you're working with Catholic Athletes for Christ, and you have uh, some... Like y'all are doing some amazing things, and you have some connection to people that I've been looking up to for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. So CAC came around uh, through the through the Major League Baseball Foundation. Uh, they they were working with play, baseball players, trying to give them the opportunity to just receive the sacraments when they want. And then once they got that done in all the stadiums, they decided to branch out and move into other professional uh, rankings. And they've gotten into the NFL. And that's where I've overlapped them. Very, uh, I feel very blessed to have the opportunity to work with Ray McKenna and a number of just very talented priest chaplains from around the country who uh, will team up with teams and assist them with, uh, with their uh, ability to receive the sacrament during the season. And so we've, uh, we've grown so much. We've got a lot more growth to go, but it's allowed me the opportunity to get to know some amazing people within the NFL. As, as you and I were talking both at the seat conference and on, on the phone a couple of weeks ago, you just kind of nonchalantly like mention all these names of people <laughs> that I had no idea were Catholic. I'm a huge sports fan. I listen to Colin Coward's show every day. He's always talking about, you know, the, the biggest athletes, the biggest, uh, the b- best, biggest and best coaches in the NFL. He's talking about like their GMs, you know, your, your Chris Ballard's and, and all these guys. And, and Dave's just over here hanging out with them yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're all Catholic. And I started thinking like, I was blown away by this. I am a, I, I'm in Catholic spheres yes. and I'm in sports spheres. And I had no idea that these things in like, what, what are they called? The concentric circles. The they, Vin, it's a Venn diagram. Right. A Venn diagram. They overlap. That's the, that's the word. <laughs> I, I'm very not good with words. That's why they gave me a radio show. But, uh, <laughs> I had no idea that these things Venn diagrammed so much uh, that you that these two worlds that so often I think people paint the NFL in like, a, oh, it's only about making money and like everybody associated with it must be like that. It's just about making money and it's violence and I, like whatever negative connotation that has come up in the news, especially over these last five years. Like it's mm-hmm. been kind of a rough news cycle for the mm-hmm. NFL. Like mm-hmm. they still continue to make money and ratings are going up. But that's a whole nother and whole nother thing. I had no idea there were so many like good men, good people of faith within the NFL. You you opened my eyes to that. Well, you know, you would you would appreciate the very first time I was kind of starstruck uh, was was my first year that I went to the NFL Combine, and that we had a vigil mass on Saturday. Uh, we had probably a hundred and hundred and fifty coaches, GMs, scouts, uh, team personnel that uh, that came to the mass, and what took me off guard was. Uh, Gary Kubiak, who had very famously left uh, uh, Texas, mm-hmm. and then Bill O'Brien, who had then taken over, were actually sitting in the same pew. Wow. And I remembered thinking, like, here, I, I don't know, as a fan, I, I didn't know that you could be 
be friends with somebody who just took your job or right. who, who was just hired in your place. And so as I've gotten to know some of these guys, uh, uh, many of them are built of the assumption you get hired to do a job that eventually you're going to get fired <laughs> to do that same job. And so it's not like they have a, a, an, an anger towards the person that comes in. It's not that they have any animosity. They're still brothers in Christ. They still appreciate seeing each other. And I remember standing there and seeing, uh, seeing those two walk in the door. Um, I remember seeing the Harbaugh brothers walk in and seeing Tom Coughlin and Jack Del Rio and all of these big names that, that I see all, every Sunday. And they were just walking in to go to mass because that's what they were there for. Um, you know, they were there to come together. And then afterwards we went to the basement and had, uh, had a, had a meatball sub dinner that could, you know, to go if you needed to do interviews or to stay, if you just wanted to enjoy fellowship. And it was really that first time that I saw them more in, of a human side mm-hmm. and less of this, uh, you know, here you're on TV, you're just talking about something I admire. Mm-hmm. I, I started to see them more as, as fathers and as husbands as, uh, right. I guess it was just a very impressive moment where my fanhood met the ministry side. And, and I think my, my fanhood slowly took, uh, took a seat um, because I started to realize these people just, they're looking out to try to be the best dad they can be. And it just so happens that football pays their bills and they're looking out to be uh, the best husband they can be. And, and they're just given a platform through a sport. And so it's really interesting to see them on the personal side, get to know them on the personal side, mm-hmm. um, because too often people, when they ask them, hey, how are you doing? They, they really don't want the answer. They don't want to know what's really going sure. on. They just want to give them a quick snippet so that they can get into their next question mm-hmm. about what they really want to know, which is how is my team? You know, mm-hmm. Are we set up? Are we going to win a championship? How are we doing? Uh, and so it's been a blessing to kind of meet these guys in a ministerial way and, and walk with some of them very closely uh, through through their lives that I find it actually helps me as a, as a father and as a husband a little bit more than maybe I thought it would when I started. So as Dave's rattling off these names, I'm like a giddy child because I'm like, this is like the NFL's royalty and I'm finding out that they're Catholic and it's like, yeah. they're one of us. Like, I'm so excited <laughs> about this. Allison, how's, what's your reaction to all of this as the huge NFL fan that you are? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, no, if, if this, I'm, I'm beaming because I think we all relate to being starstruck. I mean, that's something that's not unique to just, you know, a, a football sphere. But I, that was my question as you were talking is, is does this wear off? And so, and I, you ended up answering that, that it eventually does because they become more than just their position. They become a person. And so I love opportunities to get to see humanity. I feel like so often, especially when we expect something out of someone, we want to put a cap on humanity. And in this case, it's celebrated. And what a relief that would be for them too, to just be able to be a person and be appreciated for more than just their expertise. Yeah, I find that uh, throughout the season, I text these guys regularly, but I'm not texting them because I want to stay in close uh, uh, cahoots with them or because I want NFL tickets or I want their autograph, um, but because they need prayers. And so mm. when uh, a lot of the times I'm texting these guys, hey, I'm praying for you, uh, I, I genuinely am. I'm, I'm either getting ready to go over to adoration or I'm, I'm getting ready to do something and I want to lift them up. Um, recently, I took a trip up to Notre Dame with a group of teens, and I went through my litany of people that I pray for mm-hmm. and sent them all messages to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to go to the grotto. I'm going to pray for you. What do you what would you like me to pray for? And many of these people, uh, they just are appreciative of the fact that that they're a being remembered for being a person and not just yes. for their platform. Yes. Um, but B, they, they, they have this is this is needed. Our, our culture, we believe prayer actually solves things that actually works. It's powerful. 
why wouldn't we utilize it to help those who we we want to be uplifted? We want right. them to continue to do what they're doing at a high level. And so, no, I've, I found it to be uh, really therapeutic for me as far as when I when I talk to them, I know that my life is not that stressful because <laughs> right. I don't have the amount of, of the things. The pressure. That, oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah. What's, what's interesting and, is like. Oh yeah, so Dave, you don't you don't know like the 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 conversation Allison and I just had in the last segment was like one of the big things that came out of is like humanizing people that are different and different than us and different situations than us. And we were talking about like the poor and the downtrodden and those who are who are other in that sense and how like it takes something of opening our eyes to humanize them and see them as people as God's creation. It's so interesting that the opposite is true. That like all these people that I hear these names and I'm like, they are coaches. I've probably said terrible things about some of these people. I was people. just going to say, know, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, that that coach is terrible. Or, sure. Or, like you mentioned Bill O'Brien and it's like, like and, and Kubiak, like they're the coaches of my team. Like, yeah. like, the, like I am a huge fan and every time they make a mistake, I'm like, oh, what a dope. You know? yeah. and, like, and there he is sitting in mass with a family. A and real kids, person. And, you know, and it's like, well, like even on the other side, it's just like just because they live – they're so different lifestyle to me. Everyone in the NFL has a much different lifestyle than I do because there's, there's, it's a different profession. There's a heck of a lot more money. There's a heck of a lot more pressure, like you were saying. And so to hear these stories of humanizing people, yeah, it's so strange to me that, that it's on both sides of the spectrum. You know, and, and as you talk about this, uh, there's a general manager. I don't really want to mention their name for, for, for their sake, but they were talking at the NFL combine one time about how after a game, they go to mass. Like that's how they, it doesn't matter where the game's at, they will go to mass. And in their hometown, uh, there's a, there's a, a church close by the stadium. And so they will walk over and go to mass. And as he walks in and he gets ready for mass, he's praying. And, and the homily was all about how the hometown football team was not doing well. Oh. And here oh, he is no. trying, to just, wow. trying to just pray. And so he walks up to the priest and he says, you know, Father, please, uh, please don't take this as being too hard. But when I come to Mass, I just want to be with Christ. You know, I just want to yeah. get away from my reality. And so if you could not talk about maybe our shortcomings, because I got to deal with that when I leave. You wow. know, talk about anything else but that. And so he happened to overlap the same chapel. Uh, the same church, uh, and the priest walks up and said, if anybody from any named off the litany of, of hometown teams, they had uh, the hockey and the baseball. And, the, and he goes, if anybody's in here, I'm going to talk about you today. <laughs> so just, and it was like the GM understood that the priest had heard him, but yeah. the priest didn't understand that, that this is, sometimes you just need to get away. Yeah. Sometimes you need, like you go to mass as your escape to be with Christ. And not necessarily so people can can ask for your autograph or people right. can bug you about why'd you make that call or why'd you drop this player or whatever. And so uh, I, I find it to find it interesting that any priest that gets the opportunity to say mass in front of a team, they're so nervous. They don't know what to say. Mm. And many times it's just just preach, but don't preach about their sport. Preach right. about their preach about their livelihood. Yeah. Preach about, you know, the same things you would preach about. Virtues, yeah. Yes, yes. Don't give up on them. It's not like they don't need virtuous uh, homiletics or they don't, you know, they need yeah. to, to be uplifted. But sometimes uh, I think people take it so personal because it's a team that they love. Sure. And uh, and sports and faith hold a very special part in our soul. And and, and they, they will get us aggravated very quickly and they will, will defend it, uh, with, with, with fervor and, 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 you know, like we will, we will go to bat for our sports yes. and we will go to bat for our faith. And sometimes those worlds mix a little bit too much. 
to where the people who are in sports can't get a break. Well, and even the intensity of emotions, it's like you you, there and then thinking about that person as an actual, actual person that has either become a hero because something went well or has become a villain because something didn't go well. And they're both hard. It's hard to be a hero because there's pressure. It's hard to be a villain because that's disappointing. (laughs) So, you know, and having to handle all of those swings, I think that you would really need a sacred haven to just be a child of God. And I've never been mentioned as a hero or a villain in any homily. So, like, how would, how crazy would it be if I'm just sitting in mass and like, well, if you listen to last week's Forte Catholic, you heard the heresy in segment three, and and then we switched over to Sinner Saint Sister, and that Allison Sullivan. I don't even know if she'd be welcome here at this church. And she's like, I'm actually sitting right here. She <laughs> like, needs to mind her manners. Yeah, it's crazy. But you, you talk about people who are who have become. Uh, villains, right? And, and like treated like villains. And and you have contact with a GM who's in this scenario that like, even I was like, oh yeah, this guy, he's not very good at his job. He must not be very smart, which is like a dumb thing to say, because like, if you've made it to this level, sure. you're obviously like the literally the top 32 people in yeah. the world. Um, and, and you were sharing a, a story with me that like really opened my eyes. It's hard yeah, to so hate the, up close, like when you know someone. So he's right, about to—he's right. about to help us. You know, it's hard to, yeah, it's, to it's, hate up close. In Twitter world, it's really easy to hate people because you can view small snapshots of decisions that they've made, and you can start to make your own assumptions. Um, uh, when I first started uh, as as a youth minister and got involved in the CAC stuff, I'd actually encountered uh, a Colts uh, offensive lineman who I, I read about him. I knew he was Catholic. His name's Joe Wrights. He's phenomenal, and I was like, man, I really want to get to know this guy. And then I had the chance to overlap him uh, when I was up at the NFL Combine. At that time, I was living in Kentucky. Um, I got to know Joe a little bit uh, through a talk, but he never, he and I never really exchanged much more than that. And then every year after that, I kept seeing him at this event. And one day, his dad was there, and I said to his dad, "Like, hey, you know, what do you do?" And his dad said, "Oh, I lead the confirmation program at my church." And I said, well, "That's great. You know, I'm in high school youth ministry. I do confirmation as well." Um, I said, I'll be praying for you. And to, to, I, I, to my credit, I guess, I was actually praying for, the, for this man's confirmation program. And then come to find out, the church that I work at now in Indianapolis is Joe Wright's church. And his dad <laughs> was leading the confirmation program that I'm currently oh in charge of. Oh, my goodness. Right now. Wow. So it, it was Talk crazy, about replacing Joe, somebody. He replaced him eventually. <laughs> and, oh, nobody could ever replace Joe's dad. David is an amazing man. But uh, I, I will say that, that Joe and I have had the opportunity to get to know each other a little bit closer since I've moved up to Indy. And he had told me that uh, our old general manager, Ryan Grigson, um, he said, you know, people don't know him. They've really got him wrong. And all my interaction had been, was, was what ESPN had said or what newspapers had said or what Twitter had said. I tried to get to know Ryan um, or tried to have a couple of things that we would overlap and, and just never worked out. Um, and then one, one day this past year at the NFL Combine, I go up to, to thank uh, John Schneider, who's the general manager for the Seahawks, um, because he allows us to, to kind of be a part of that week. He, allows, uh, he credentials myself and another person to be a part of the Seahawks team that week. <laughs> And so I walk up into their suite and I'm, I'm waiting for, for uh, John and this big man comes walking over towards me and in the gentlest tone just starts talking to me about being Catholic because my shirt had Catholic athletes for Christ on it. And so he was like, man, I just love what you guys do. And I was racking my brain. Like, how have I ran into this man? I don't know him. I, I don't think that I've done anything with him, but I was just thanking him for his gratitude. 
And as we just start talking over and over, I look down at his credentials and see it's Ryan Grigson. And I'm going to tell you what, what I had heard and what I had seen uh, was vastly opposite to the man I met in the suite. The, the man I met has, is incredibly humble, um, incredibly prayer-filled, um, mm-hmm. just an, a, an amazing man of Christ that will kind of hold me to a higher standard when I text him and say, hey, I'm praying for you. And he'd said, oh, man, thank you. You know, I'm, I've been praying the rosary lately a lot. And I'd fallen away from that. I really mm-hmm. needed to get back into it. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know what? No better time to start than now. And he had told me, here's the app I use. Here's what I do. Um, and then the, our conversation just about how John Schneider, who's with the Seattle Seahawks, is one of the nicest men that, that exists. Uh, very humble, very kind, uh, just a, a true, true servant. And John has kind of been with Ryan now for a year. Ryan's um, went from general manager of the Colts to now the senior advisor for the for the Seahawks. And Ryan had told me that John kind of shared for him, uh, shared with him this this experience with with uh, uh, the Eucharist that that just blew Ryan away. And he's like, man, I just I understand why people go to daily mass. Like I get it. I, I completely get it. There's so much power in that. And to hear somebody say that. Uh, that you look up to somebody, uh, both literally and figuratively. I mean, he is a very, very big man, um, but he's just about the most gentle man in the world. And I think people got it wrong. Um, I think media got it wrong. They kind of in Indianapolis made it feel like you had to be on Coach Pagano's side or mm-hmm. Grigson's side, and you couldn't be a fan of both, mm-hmm. uh, which was a little bit of a detriment, I think, to Ryan. I, I think that he's a very, very humble guy, a family man. Um, just, just a gentle person. And I hope that he gets, I, I really do pray that he gets another chance to prove himself as a leader, because I really think he is one. Um, and think he was just given kind of a, a little bit of a, of a rough starting patch here, but, but yeah, that's an example of somebody that you get to know that, that that's you think beautiful. of before you see him as what media tells you. And then you get right. to know this person you go, wow, they were so wrong. Mm-hmm. Like they were just so wrong. And there's no way of, of changing everybody's mind. It's just, you can change the couple that you speak to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he's definitely one that I, that I hope gets a better shake at it. Well, to be fair, uh, as you said, the media said that you have to pick Pagano or Grigson as a Houston fan. Our rival is Indy, and I pick neither. That's who I pick. But, <laughs> but uh, no, no, I, I love your stories, man. You have like literally hours of more stories. You'll have to come back at some point. And uh, you uh, are, are so humble and will not take this compliment, but I'm going to say how every way that you described a person in today's interview is what I think about you. Uh, how you described both of those GMs and those guys. Um, you're doing tremendous things, and I'm really happy that you came on the show today. So as we, as we wrap this up, uh, how can people find out more about Catholic Athletes for Christ, what you guys are doing and get involved? Uh, well, they can go onto the website. Um, I believe it is uh, catholicathletesforchrist.org. Um, they can they can view stuff there. I've got a little Pope Francis cut out. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but uh, they can go on to, to cac.org. Um, We're working on a lot of great things, hopefully in the future. And there's other organizations out there doing sports ministry at a very high level, be it play like a champion today at Notre Dame or sports leader. Um, working with coaches. So I would say get involved with somehow reaching out to the sports-minded uh, youth of, of, our, of our church to allow them to compete at a high level without losing their focus and faith, not view them as, as being an enemy or an obstacle in, in ministering. But that would, be, that would be what I suggest, whether that's with CAC or any of the phenomenal organizations that are out there. I would say to get involved with those immediately and, and plug your coaches in and 
Um, get your youth ministers to view themselves as coaches and get your coaches to view themselves as youth ministers. Um, and if you can start to do that, uh, then, then you're going to start to make a, a big change in our culture. So. Awesome. I'm totally for it, Dave. Thanks so much for your time today. Guys, we will be right back for our final segment of the day where Allison and I are going to do a little bit of yelling. It's going to be a blast. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, Allison. Taylor. People are going to get tired of tearing us if it's just the Fancy two of us. Fancy meeting the whole you show. here. Wow, this is amazing. Uh, Allison, does anyone you know have feet? A couple. A couple? A couple of feet. Uh, no bird victims on television <laughs> with no feet for some reason. Uh, yeah, we got some great things for your feet from our buddies over at Sock Religious. Sock it to me. I'm loving doing this with you. This is so much. We we have found a new trait for you. You are great at reading podcast ads. This is absolutely fantastic. So, uh, this past Easter, I got to wear the resurrection socks, and like I saw, no one ever compliments me on how I look because I look like this. I got so many compliments for those socks. Now, granted, it was only a picture of my of my feet and and socks. You have area. really nice ankles. It's true. Wow, that's a strange thing to say. Thank well, you. You're welcome. I appreciate they that. They are lovely. Uh, the NFL scouts told me, the NCAA <laughs> scouts told me the same thing. That you have good ankles. Yeah. Especially like, adorned with Jesus. This, this is why, yes, that's what they said. <laughs> <laughs> you're a fast white person, must be adorned by Jesus. Uh, well, you too can be adorned by Jesus if you go to ForteCatholic.com slash socks, S-O-C-K-S. You can get 15% off your next order and you too can finally be cool. Like I was finally cool for one day. Make your feet faithful. Make make your feet fun again. <laughs> Welcome back to Forte Catholic, where I am here with the lovely Miss Allison Sullivan. That was an adjective that I used at the beginning of the segment. It was. It's a good one. So I approve of that adjective. We know you don't have adjectives yet for for where we're recording, but if you had to choose an adjective for me, what would be your adjective of choice? I feel like we've been through this. Burly comes to mind. Burly. Burly. That's impressive even after I, sh- I, I shaved down my beard. I didn't like get rid of the length. I noticed, but I, like, actually. It. it looks nice. Well, thanks for not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it in my head. Well, that's a good place to have thoughts. Uh, so you and I, my friend, are about to do a little face-off here. Okay. The people are going to decide who wins. Because I have something very important to get to. Okay. And here's what we have to get to. This all comes from uh, one of my favorite memes I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay. This comes from, on the old Instagram, at Lit Catholic Memes. I always said I would never say the word lit on this radio show. It just happened. But when it's in someone's name, I kind of have to. (laughs) So they posted this a while back, and I love every piece of it. Okay. First of all, like it's one of those, it's it's an, it's an acronym. You know what an acronym right, is, right? I, I do. Okay. I'm surprised you do, but go on. Well, I studied it before I came on the air. <laughs> I can do a little show, show prep too. Okay. So it says, yeah, I like to party and party is the acronym. Okay. First thing that I'll have to show you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post this again. I posted this like a week and a half ago. Okay. But I'll show you. I like to party and it's just a, a picture of two popes. Like JP2, like yeah. putting circles around I, I his mean, eyes. I mean, is he dabbing? And some, yeah, there's some cardinal yeah. dabbing. Okay. So it's like, I like to party. Okay. Okay, so the, here's how to be a good Catholic. Are you ready for this? 
I think so. Okay. P. That's the first one. Okay. I'm just kidding. P stands for pray without ceasing. Oh, okay. okay. Yes. A, a great start. It's great. Good. A, abstain from sex until marriage. Okay. Very good advice. Um, R, receive communion. Okay. Okay. Love it. Source and summit of our faith. T, talk about Jesus. We're, we're doing great. Y, yell Bible verses in public. <laughs> and like immediately oh. it's like, which one of these is not like the other? And it ropes you in like this yell is going to be a, a great thing. And then all of a sudden it says Stand yell. Stand on your corner and bang your gong. I think that's a different religion, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the best thing about this is I post this and instantly people start sending me Bible verses oh, to yell To yell, yeah. So I'm pretty sure yell that Yell this one. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm actually going to do this. Okay. Oh, so what we, what you and I are going to do is we're going to bring back a segment we haven't done in a while. There were a lot of segments that I was doing before I had co-hosts because it was just me talking a lot and I had to break it up. Uh, but we are going to revive an old segment called the Forte Five. Okay. What the Forte Five is for you and anybody else that hasn't listened in a while is uh, it's a countdown. Of like my top five favorite things. Like in the past, we've done like top five favorite worship songs, top five, like anything top five, right? Okay. Um, what you and I are going to do is we have come up with a list of top five Bible verses that we would like to yell in public. Um, I, I know for me, I've added another little wrinkle. I've added where I would like to yell these. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll help you along with that within yours if you, if you get okay. anybody there. Um, but, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, to be fair, like, I don't know that I would like to yell them in public, the ones that I've chosen. It would just be funny. It would, it would just be entertaining. I mean, because mine are mostly from Leviticus and it's like, God of love, where are you? I mean, let's be honest. Leviticus is where, like, read the Bible in one year, plans go to die. Right. Because it takes 18 years to read through Leviticus. It's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> All right. So here we go. I'm going to do mine first. And then you're going to do yours. And what we're going to do is, as after this episode's been out for a little while, we're going to put up a poll. Who wins? Whose list is better? My list? Allison's list? Or submit your own, and we'll probably do this again, and we'll have another vote, and we'll see who the winner is from amongst <laughs> the congregation. What do you call a people, the group of people that listen to a podcast? A they're congregation, your, They're right? your kind listeners. Kind listeners. Well, not all of them, if you've ever been on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a whole other story about blocking and being blocked. But uh, I think Jesus said something about, like, block those who block you or something like, like that. Like shaking dust off your feet? Sure. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. Here, here are my top five. For the first time in quite some time, a Forte Five on Forte Catholic. Here we go. To kick off my list, coming in at number five is from Song of Songs, chapter two, verse four. Oh no, four. this could be steamy. Oh, and it's very <laughs> steamy. I thought you said, oh no, this is one of mine. No, it says, refresh me with apples, sustain me with raisin cakes, for I am lovesick. And like, I don't, like where, how, who I picture saying this is a girl who just got broken up with. So it's like, I'm lovesick. So usually you have ice cream, but instead, refresh me with apples! Sustain me with raisin cakes! And I just picture a lovesick girl, like, in the produce aisle of an all-organic shopping center. That's, that's what I see. Now, coming in at number four, C-Rack number, uh, I almost said number 25. Chapter 25, verse 12. Worst of all wounds is that of the heart, 
Worst of all evils is that of a woman. <laughs> and where I would like to yell this is either a yoga or Zumba class. Ooh. Like just walk in, yell that, and leave. Yeah, yoga might be safer. They're peaced out. Zumba, <laughs> Zumba could be. They yeah. just come out and like dance, kicking me in the I face. I think so. I think you might sustain some injuries. Okay, go ahead. Number three. What you are going to do, do it quickly. Like any public mall. You know, like everybody would think it's a threat. This is from John 13, 27. Because it is a pretty threatening thing. Any idea yes. who, who, who this is said to? I don't know. Is it's it... Jesus to Judas whenever he's uh, like, hey, oh, sure. what you're going to do, go do, do it quickly because quickly. you're about to get yes. me killed. Yes. So it's a very threatening thing to yell out in public. Um, Luke number 12, 12, number 12. I keep saying that. Luke chapter 12, 12 says, give me the inheritance owed to me. It's a great one to yell at funerals. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, Taylor. (laughs) If you'd like to get in some trouble, that is. And then this is literally the best one. I have yelled. This is one that I have yelled in public already. And it is my new favorite Bible verse. I cannot believe I've never seen it before. Job chapter 10, verse 10. Did you not pour me out like milk and thicken me like cheese? <laughs> like, great in, like, the Walmart, like, uh, dairy section, but literally great in any circumstance. Like, I could use that. that is that. I think that's the best one. It's obviously the best one yeah. I have. It is great for literally every single situation I could possibly find right. myself in. All right. I'm feeling insecure. Can I tell you why? Why is that? I, I, um, well, so I, I feel like I'm making fun of God's word. <laughs> Well, because no, listen, yours is, are funny. Yours are funny, <laughs> but mine are bad. Mine is Leviticus. I mean, Leviticus is impossible. Nobody can follow all these laws. But listen, here, here's the thing, kind listeners, that I want the kind listeners to know is that Jesus fulfilled the law. And there's nothing, I love Leviticus because it reminds us that God cares about tiny little things, but he, but also nothing's too big for him. And so grace covers all of this. Now, on that note, let's make fun of some Leviticus okay, laws. Okay, here we go. We're literally <laughs> running out of time. We okay, have no I'm time sorry. for you to do anything okay, but listen, make listen. fun of. Here we okay, go. here we go. This is not Leviticus. He said to Jacob, let me gulp down some of that red stuff. I'm starving. <laughs> That's a great one. That's Allison drinking wine. Okay, here's another one. A feast is made for laughter. Wine makes life merry and Money is the answer for everything. Where would you like to yell that one, Miss Sullivan? Money is the answer. A bank? <laughs> yes. <laughs> or like during the tithing talk at your parents? Yes, fork <laughs> it over. Um, okay, I love this one from Leviticus. It's talking all of the people who cannot approach God. And it's like, there is some serious specificity going on here. The broken footed, the broken handed, the crooked backed. That's me. Scurvy. They even mentioned scurvy. (laughs) I didn't even know that was real, to be honest. (laughs) Um, A flat nose. I mean, this is, okay. Voldemort. Um, Voldemort can finally get the love he deserves. That's a great one to yell at at voting docs. Here's a really strange psalm to yell, like in a nursery. Happy shall be he that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the stone. Oh my God. <laughs> what? And then it says happy shall be he. Yay. Like not just, I mean, yeah. Okay, I think that's five, right? Is that five? I think it's five. Oh, okay, one more. This is Leviticus. In spite of all this, if you don't listen to me, but continue to be hostile, you will eat the flesh of your sons and the flesh of your daughters. And that, that one, the only place that that one should be used is in talking to our kind listeners. <laughs> so in that context, why don't you read that one again? This is what we'd like to say to our <laughs> listeners today. In spite of this, you still do not listen to me, but continue to be hostile toward me. You will eat the flesh of your sons and the flesh 
of your daughters. There you go, Forte Catholic listeners. That one is for you. So uh, this is absolutely fantastic, and we have a minute to explain why we did this. Number one. For those of you who would like to evangelizing by evangelizing, who would like to evangelize by yelling Bible verses on street corners, I think we might have proven once and for all that that's not Refrain. the way to go. <laughs> we have also um, proved that the greatest of of the laws, not Leviticus, but Jesus, who said that loving our neighbors as ourselves and loving God with our whole hearts is completely transformational. We have also, yes, obedience matters, we, but we have also proved Jesus that Jesus asking Jesus. questions of our Lord is a great thing. Why is this? Please tell me how is it the, the inspired word of God? When someone says, did you not pour me out like milk and thicken me like cheese? <laughs> I have many questions, uh, many more questions than I do answers. But hey, that's why we have next week's show, right? Uh, Allison, this is an absolute blast. I Good loved, job, Taylor. I love so your fun. debut on Forte 5. It was beautiful. You're beautiful. <laughs> that's an adjective. Ah, another one I like. And I'm insane. And I will be back <laughs> next week. Don't go anywhere. Literally stay here and listen for the next week until I return. Because I will. I am inevitable. Say it. Allison. Taylor. Yes. I'm upset with you. <laughs> okay. Well, you know where else you're upset with me? <laughs> Over on Patreon.com slash Forte Catholic. All of our conversations that happen before the show, after the show, in between segments. Bonus hours of content with Allison Sullivan. All of our great guests. All of our co-hosts. It is so much fun. You can get more. The show continues. The show must go on. I really wish I had a delete button. Well, you don't. On your show, you do. You can make me say whatever you want. On my show, I can make you say whatever I want. Fort, not Fort, whatever. Patreon.com slash Forte Catholic. Go do it, and you can listen to Allison yell at How me some more. Taylor embarrasses his guests. Love you. Love you. Bye.